Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We've got rants coming up. Call the rant line, 860-751-4698. Mike calling from Plainville. Hello there, Mike. You could do a thesis paper on the the reasons and the choices that people make with respect to the candidates. I mean, personal habits. Some people will just live or die at Stop and Shop. They won't go to another store. Daily habits. The family, basically, number two, I have a list of about 12 things. I'll try to get through them real quick. And what's the list of things? Because the family's all Democrats, I have to vote Democratic. That's just the way people think. Oh, I see. So you're talking about how their lives are molded by the behaviors they grew up from, in. From, from uh, grade school right up through, Yep. I'm telling you, the 40s, 50s, and 60s. I've seen it in, the fa- in my family. Sports teams live and die with the same team, okay, which I guess sports is a little bit different. Then you would have people are going to drive a Buick no matter what's out in the market. It has to be a Buick because dad drove a Buick and grandpa drove a Buick. Therefore, <laughs> I have to drive a Buick until the day I die. I, well, that you know, there's, there is a lot of that, but we also wouldn't buy Japanese cars. And then in the 70s, we started to, and now all we buy is Japanese cars with a smattering of, of uh, German. So there a big change does happen in this world of narrow minded sticking to the way things have always been. And then you have peer pressure. You know, it just peer pressure. Just it's not just as a a young person. It can it can just. Again, go into your 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s. I like this. The naive naive saying that everybody's a nice guy. Yes. Well, the question, you know, everybody can be a nice guy. The question is, of what value is a nice guy? That's the thing you have to figure out. Thank you for that, Mike. I love this idea about let's let's uh, (laughs) let's do a little poll right now. Are you still stuck in the mold that your parents built for you? Like, are you driving the car that they drove? Are you are you still stuck in the Buick because your parents drove the Buick, or have you ventured out into the great big world and tackled the unknown? Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Call us now. Tell us how much of a victim of your parents' behavior you are, please. 
Mark Christopher is in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Let's check with him first. Mark, did you, uh, did you I buy the same car your parents drove? Uh, you just no. doing the same thing? No. Um, although my dad did have a couple of Volkswagen Beetles. I think he had three of them. I have a Passat. Yeah. And, um, well, that's a lot better than a Beetle. No, I remember. I, I remember. Um, I remember my mother always had like a station wagon, a Ford station wagon. So, I've never driven a station wagon. So to answer that question, I don't know. No. Sounds like you're pretty free, but you're kind of stuck on the dub thing. I do like. I do like. Well, I had a. I had a Honda Accord for like, let's see, ninety four to two thousand thirteen. Right. So about you're, nineteen you're a free years. Man. How yeah. about burgers? Are you uh, is your loyalty to burgers family bread? No, 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 right. no, no, no. You're, no, you're no. an individual. <laughs> I guess so. I'm not too extreme, Todd. I drive a I drive a regular car and I have a it's cargo your van. Regular car. You just a regular choice. guy. Yeah, just a regular guy. Live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Are you stuck in a pattern that's a hand-me-down? With, with regard to cars, I have to say I don't buy the brand my father did, but I don't have the chance because he bought Ramblers, and they were out of business by the time I had the chance to buy a car. But uh, I do buy used cars, and my father did that. I love buying used cars. So much, it's, it's a much better option. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. John calling from Morris. Hi. Hey Todd. Yes, uh, I've been a Chevy fanatic most of my life. My grandfather bought a used fifty-five Chevy in nineteen sixty-two. <laughs> yes, and and I've been addicted to it ever since. Uh, um, my when he went to buy the car, my father was with him, and they were walking around the. It was a trade-in at a Ford lot, and. He came back while they were processing the paperwork, and he had sticker shock when he saw cars for the first time over $2,000. Oh, yes. New I can cars. relate. Yeah. So then my dad had the 60 Impalas with the Batwing fins and the 67 Impala Fastback, and then I got a 70 Chevelle. And my daily driver is a 2006 Equinox with over 200000 on it. So, What is it's an hard. Equinox? Is SUV? A little SUV, yeah, Chevy. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, how do we say it? The family wisdom served me pretty well over the years. <laughs> well, that sounds good. Is, <laughs> you know, it's good to take some things and leave other things behind. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, sir. Good to hear from you. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Let's play some rants. Uh, good afternoon. Um, I've decided not to vote. I've decided to give up on the American political system. Thanks to your constant barrage of the political <laughs> system, there's no choice but not to participate. No, no, no. Or that's you. not my message at all. My message is realize how completely out of control our system is because we have left them to their own devices and we trust them. But these cheap con men keep tricking us with the same grift. I'm not saying leave the system. I'm saying take it back. There's no choice but not to participate. According to you people, that's what should be done in the long run. Don't even bother to vote. Just give up. Well, I give up. Thanks for listening. Whatever. <laughs>
No, I, I think too many people have given up, and that's the issue. Because because you can if you can mobilize some small subset of the uh, this was the whole Trump phenomenon, according to analysts, is that Trump found a way to motivate a sliver of disenchanted Republican voters who routinely did not vote because they were so disgusted by the system. And he got them to turn up, and that's how he won the presidency. Hey, people, the reason there was a state mandate for testing or shots for all you state employees is because the person who was making the rules, his wife owns the company they're buying the test from. What are you people, stupid? Get with it. You're being dictated to by a dictator, Lamont. Goodbye. Yeah, that was good. Well done. Hi, Todd. Well, you know, when I, whenever I hear the word Democrat, the first thing that comes to mind is gimme, gimme. They're nothing but a bunch of gimme, gimmies. And that costs money. And I'm sick and tired of paying for all the gimme, gimmies. <laughs> and also, crime rate is up. We've got, what, we're number three for um, sex or number one for the sex uh, trade here in Connecticut, here in Little Connecticut. Um, you know, someone forgot to tell Lamont that, uh, you know, he's not all there. All righty, later. <laughs> he's like the president, that is. It's true. Uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's me. It's Ned. Ned, it's your Nettie. Yeah, I'm your Nettie. <laughs> I like that crazy Nettie skit they got going on the radio. That guy's really good. <laughs> that is good. Anyways, uh, you know, I just wanted to comment on the $54 million that I, you know, that I made last year from investments. I'm just like you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's one reason why you should vote for me. It's your Nettie. Have you fully internalized Nettie's $54 million, his earnings from last year? That's not earnings like you go to work and you create something and you, you make money. It's that you were born and you inherited something and you can sell little bits of it whenever you want and you can make $54 million. Hi, I just wanted to comment on the person from the Journal Inquirer about education in our schools. Chris Powell, yes. Chris Powell. When my son was in fifth grade, I asked, or fourth grade, I'm sorry, fourth grade, I asked his teacher to hold him back because he was struggling. And his teacher said, oh, no, we can't do that. We have, in Connecticut, no child left behind and pushed him through even though he wasn't ready. That's the kind of things that are going on in our school systems, and it's wrong. It is wrong. And uh, don't take that if you're ever in that situation again. Check to see the boss and talk to the boss. Jim calling from Durham. Hi, Jim. Hey, Todd. All right, as far as the vehicles, the cars go. Yes. Right. My family, my family, both sides, my, my side, my wife's side. Uh, we've always been GM, General Motors, um, mm -hmm. Chevy, Pontiac, whatever GM made. Wait, both sides of the family, like before you guys, your parents had GMs too? Okay. In the early 50s, my father's first car was a 38 Pontiac. Wow. And and, and your wife's his, his family father, too? His father 
had uh, General Motors products. <laughs> and my okay, my grandfather and one of my aunts yeah. worked for General Motors. Okay. Okay. My wife's father and a couple of her uncles worked for General Motors. So there was always General Motors on both sides of the family. And my grandfather and my aunt are gone now. My father-in-law is still alive. Mm-hmm. And as a retired, see, part of this is financial, too. As, uh, because, I'm, you know, because of my wife, uh, I'm considered a family member. And like I said, my father-in-law, my father-in-law is retired GM, mm-hmm. so I get family member GM pricing when I buy a vehicle. In perpetuity, this goes on until uh, either until both my in-laws are gone. Once, wow! Once, once because he was a GM employee for thirty-seven yep. years, <laughs> and once uh, that's yeah, that was something that was put into their contract years ago. And once uh, both mother and father-in-law are gone, then the family pricing stops. So, so what do you think of GM cars since you've been driving them forever? Are well, they getting better or worse or staying the same? They're uh, staying the same. Uh, and you know what? I really find no difference be- between any of them. It's just that I'm a loyal. I've been driving. Um, let's see. I started off with uh, Pontiac. Went to Camaro, went back to Pontiac, went back to Camaro. And then uh, in 89, I bought my first Silverado. I've been with trucks ever since. And uh, three months ago, I bought myself a brand-new Colorado. Jim, buy all the states. (laughs) Get everyone you can get. This is great. Thank you for that. There is somebody whose family, they're addicted for good reason. They're even being paid to keep buying the same car. Wowza. That's sensational. How did we get on this? Oh, because Mike Mike was talking about how people don't break their habits. But it is interesting how you tend to go with the thing that your family did, right? And and that includes, you know, what party you vote for, what team you root for, all that stuff. Jerry's calling from Naugatuck. Hi, Jerry. Hey, Todd. Great show. When you're young, you know, you, you get influenced. My mm-hmm. father never made enough money to have a favorite car. Every car he bought, whether it was a Buick, Chevy, or Oldsmobile, was at least five years old. Mm-hmm. Having said that, though, uh, when I went to high school, it was a technical school, we, we, we got a bus ride when we were all 17, 18, to go down to City Hall, and, and we were influenced, so to speak, to be uh, to register as a Democrat and to register for the draft. This was during the Vietnam War. Okay. You know? and, and it was like, you know, it, we, we were just kids. We, we didn't know any better, you know. But I found out quickly when, when Carter was on, I was laid off twice. From, it, it, Carter was on from 76 to, to 1980. I was laid off twice. I had enough. I, woke, I went to GOP, Ronald Reagan, and I never looked back. You know, my father, he would he would buy a car, and he wouldn't. He he was just like he says, Gary. I I would always vote the man as as well as the car. Whoever, whatever was was what I could afford, whatever I could do. So That's you're it. so you advocate for this idea of 
following in the family footsteps or innovating? No, no, no. I, initially, I did. But then I, I come around, you know, listening to, to Ronald Reagan. He was, he was one of the greatest presidents other than Trump, you know. Yeah. And, and, and I, I would, uh, you know, ideas are convincing and evidence is convincing. When I got laid off twice, I realized Democrat promises are meaningless, meaningless. Well, I'm glad that you have the ability to evolve, Jerry. Yeah. Congratulations well, on that, because some people can't do it. You know, I was directed to the, to the Waterbury North End, the NOW program. This is when I was like 19 years old and I was laid off. And they, they would always tell me, it's coming right around the corner. You, we got a jobs program for you. We got a training program for you. Todd, it never materialized. I had to do it on my own. <laughs> I realized government is lies. Even Ronald Reagan said it in 1960 before he became president in 1980. Mm -hmm. Big government is the problem. Is that when he said that, 1960? 1960. I wow. got his book on, on uh, wisdom and quotes from Ronald Reagan. Boy, he was ahead of his time. All right, Jerry, thank you so much. Nice to hear from you. Appreciate that. Well, Todd, we all have our personal timelines of when Ned Lamont started lying to us. And mine goes back to 2018 when he was in a primary with Joe Gannon, another lying, corrupt rigger. And do you remember the television ad? I had to go back and get his quote. So he's in a commercial driving his own car, and he goes like this, or here he says this. So I turned 64 this year, kind of liberating, actually. I'm not running for governor as a stepping stone. Not thinking about a re-election. For years, politicians couldn't get it done. Not going to take a salary, and I don't need a government car. Balance the budget without raising taxes. This one is going to do just fine. Well, it just went on from there. As a businessman, I knew we could prove them wrong. What a liar. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Dominic Rapini wants to straighten out that uh, that call, rant caller who, uh, who said he's not going to vote. Hey, Dominic. Hey, Todd, how are you? Yeah, you know, I I, I almost uh, crashed my car when I heard that gentleman say he's not going to vote. Uh, that is, I'm infuriated by it. I unfortunately, I think I understand where he comes from, but I got to tell, I once in a while I meet people on the on the trail that say, "Yeah, I'm not going to vote. It doesn't matter," you know, for all different reasons. But I'm here to tell you, we. By not voting, we're letting. That's how the knuckleheads win. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. Yeah, you're giving the dopes more power. You, 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 we're giving them more power by doing that. That's how they win. And I tell you, there are good people running for office and in office here in Connecticut. You've got people like Kimberly Fiorello and Rob Sampson, Gail Master Francesco, Charlie uh, Ferrara, you know, Mark Anderson, Craig Fishbein. I mean, there are some great people in office, and they need help. They can't do it by themselves. And we have to get out and vote for good people that are ready to do the job of the people. And listen, we, we cannot let the knuckleheads win. That's all I can tell you. And when I get to Hartford, I'm going to bring some adult supervision into that office. <laughs> we're going to we're going to turn this thing around. Well, those are two good lines right there. But I, I guess the adult supervision isn't a that would be, make a great bumper sticker for the for the <laughs> Rapini campaign. That's right, except you know, I'm not spending money on bumper stickers. <laughs> yes, that's right. 
we're, we're doing things that are much more viral and um, and I hope we more meaningful. But it is I, I, to anybody who's thinking about not voting, then I ask you, why are you listening to this show? Because this is a show where people come together, gather their thoughts, and then formulate how they're going to vote. Yeah, to straighten out your perspective on things. Good point. All right, we've got to run, Dom, and give people the you website. Tell people your website. Nope. Gone. Gone. He's off and running. He's going to get those stickers printed. Let's check in with Mark Christopher in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark, you got any bumper stickers on the car? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Got yourself a smart speaker? Alexa. It's your new radio. Play WTIC News Talk 1080. Listen to WTIC News Talk 1080 on Alexa. Yeah, baby. Tuesday afternoon, Tom Scott joins us in a few minutes, and we'll play a couple of rants before we get there, if that's okay with you. Hey, Leibowitz, you sound like you're auditioning for CNN. You and your MAGA conspiracy hating whatever you just ranted and raved about on Monday's show. You're clueless, buddy. Good luck on the outside. CNN's uh, actually gone straight now. They're not the uh, they're not the same left wing network. They use. at least that's what they're saying about themselves. Hi, Todd. I just want to say, Mr. Azarod is exactly correct. The ruling party are the lawyers. Just remember, you can't break a law unless they make a law, and they make laws and tax codes, which are just laws, and find ways to support them so they get power and money. It's the lawyers, not the Democrats, not the Republicans, the lawyers within them that are sabotaging our way of life, taking away our freedoms and liberties every time they make a law. There should be a concentration on how to diminish the making of laws so we can have more liberties. Oh, wouldn't that be a beautiful thing to just 
have these things automatic. They should have they should have timelines on them when they're passed. You know, like give us a year, two years, five years, whatever. They should go away because you just get destroyed by laws eventually. You just suck up everything. God, Bill, now the guy who just said we had 47 years of oil left. Well, do we really know we have 47 well, that's years a good, of good, oil left? Good point. How does he know we've only got 47 years of did he go measure himself? And what if he made a mistake? No, Al Gore said the world was going to end already. That's right. And there's been other Democrats that said the world's going to end already. They love so, that idea. I think we might have 470 years of oil left. We really the, don't know. The Democrats are so eager to end America that they're willing to have the planet go. You know, they are. This is a throwback for us. Yo, 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 Todd. This is the candy wrapper. Kind of funny how the party that doesn't like law and order for protecting our border, that's 25,000 troops in D.C. Are you kidding me? Todd, have a good day. Bye-bye. That was, I don't know when that was, a year and a half ago, something like that. That was a while ago. Candy Rapper, remember him? 860-522-9842. It's been a while since we heard, come on, Candy. Give us a call on the rant line. We'll go to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark Christopher, what's happening on those roads? Getting busy? Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It gets dark early now, doesn't it? And the, the daylight savings time thing must be ending soon, right? That must be coming soon. That's not good news. Good news is when Tom Scott arrives, though. Hello there, Thomas. How you doing today, Todd? Nice to have you here. My pleasure, sir, as you, always. You make the high point of the week. So uh, we are two weeks away from the election. I'm sure you've heard this. Yes, yes, it's coming. And it must be getting close because uh, Connecticut Senator Rambo was ranting today about uh, Putin being a genocidal war criminal. That was something, uh, huh? All of a sudden, yeah. he wants to elevate Putin. Exactly. And again, you know, I don't I don't think there are too many people who would disagree with that statement, but he's been noticeably quiet on all of the atrocities taking place in communist China uh, during his watch as a U.S. senator. He's never said anything that I'm aware of that amounted to anything. He, he allows people to break into our country by the millions, uh, supports that policy down on the southern border. And just last month, Todd, I'm sure you saw these numbers. Almost 100 people were apprehended in Arizona and Texas who were on the terrorist watch list. And the border uh, uh, agencies have told us that, that hundreds of thousands of people have gotten away. These are people that are not just breaking in, they're sneaking in mm -hmm. because they certainly have something to hide. Now, think about that. I mean, how long ago was 9-11? It wasn't that long ago in our memory. Blumenthal's been a senator since 2010 and a politician since I think he was, you know, 18 years old or whatever. And he hasn't said a peep about the border. So, again, we can applaud that statement, but it's so typical of Blumenthal. The guy is such an opportunist. He said it to get noticed two weeks before an election. You just made me did. think about Blumenthal when he was a kid, and I was wondering if he didn't get invited to birthday parties because they didn't want him jumping in front of every shot when somebody pointed a camera. 
Well, he was an empty suit then, too, and he probably <laughs> wore a suit to those birthday parties even when he was 15 years old. He's that oh, kind of guy. Man. Everybody else. What's that guy's name in the little rascals that had the pointy hair sticking up in the back? He always had a suit on, you know. Same, I know same. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Alfalfa? Alfalfa, anyway. yes. Yeah. He's, I, think, I think we'll start calling him Alfalfa. Uh, although, although the difference is Alfalfa was actually a very likable person, unlike this big stiff we have as our senior senator. And again, I'm sorry to sound so personal about it, but when this guy casts his vote on the floor of the U.S. Senate, he affects my life and your life and our country's life, and he's wrong, wrong, wrong almost all the time. But this approach to being a United States senator of just being somebody who pretends that certain things that are going on are his things and he dives in front of the issue so he can get attention you know there's something so unseemly about it well he did it as a state senator uh, i actually debated him on the floor of the state senate he did it as attorney general i debated him uh, a couple of times when he was attorney general on radio in particular mm -hmm. and and he does it now as 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 a u.s senator although he's worse now than he was you know even way back then and, and I've said before on your show, there's something off about this guy. He's got this. I don't think he has a real life, but he does have this insatiable need uh, to be seen on TV and to be heard on radio and to be seen on the front pages of the Hartford Current and the New Haven Register and, you know, take your pick in, in a way that that many of the publicity hounds in Washington don't even approach mm -hmm. uh, the level that it. Blumenthal is the worst of the worst, and there are a lot of blowhards in Washington. But he is, and again, I can say this objectively, and I can quantify it. There is no bigger blowhard and gas bag in the U.S. Senate than Richard Blumenthal. Well, he always wanted to be first. Well, there he is. <laughs> so what's your take of the political environment? You know, there's been, the media's been breathless over the swing in the last couple of weeks in the polls towards Republicans nationally. Do you see that trend performing the way they've said? Well, I think there's, I think they're getting frantic, in fact. And, and if you read some of the, some of the publications that are kind of insider publications, you'll see all the backstabbing that's already going on among Democratic consultants and Democratic politicians. They're already playing the blame game two weeks before the election. And that's kind of evidence uh, that, that they're seeing what's happening on the ground in various states around the country, like Nevada and Arizona and Georgia and Pennsylvania and Ohio. And, and they're already they're reading the tea leaves and they're already trying to extricate themselves from any blame. And that's what these that's what these consultants are. They're cockroaches. And that's what they do. You know, <laughs> but they'll, but they'll, is this their fault? Is that, you know, there's something about the Democratic Party that that is a little unwieldy, uncontrollable even because they've got these extremes of anti-Americanism and contempt for capitalism and contempt for law and order. And, and how do you manage a party that, that has people spewing those kinds of ideologies? And they're, they're letting it all hang out. You know, there was a time, Todd, not that long ago, when elder statesmen and women in the Democratic Party would have stepped in and would have figured out not how to silence people like AOC and, and all these radical groups that have now taken over the, uh, the national spotlight for the Democratic Party. They, they wouldn't have silenced them, but they would have controlled them somehow. The Democratic Party on the national level is completely out of control. Now, if you, have, if you had a president 
who was uh, uh, who had all of his uh, mental facilities. Uh, Biden was always liberal, but he wasn't a kooky liberal like the liberals that are now running the Democratic Party. Sure, he's thrown in with them because he's too weak not to. But but if we had now, if, if Bill Clinton was president, this wouldn't be happening because you would have had a a decorum that would have been led from the top and and he would have had his own national democratic party he would have had leaders in the house and senate they all would have been on the same page but because they're so weak they've allowed these radical socialists some are actually marxists to now take over the message of the democratic party but tom are you sure it could still be managed i mean bill clinton was before the internet we're now in this uh fast moving everybody's doing social media on their cell phone world and and these youngsters coming up like AOC can make themselves into stars on the Internet. They don't need help fundraising from those political insiders. There's not the same kind of hierarchy. Well, that, that's all true. That's all true. But if, if you had a wall of, of a speaker of, a, of the House who is actually strong, as opposed to a speaker of the House who said this week, we need to change the subject on inflation, she said it very <laughs> publicly, or, or Schumer, or all these clowns. They're really not leaders. And again, it's not just one person, but if you had a president setting the tone, people would, a lot of people would get in line, and then the AOCs of the world would be the outliers. They would still have influence, Todd. And yeah. people would still be marching in the streets on a no, you know, I hear you now, because as you name those those three who are the big guys in the in the Democratic Party, they seem to diminish the power of their post rather than enhance it with their presence. A- absolutely. But but in any event, to, to your earlier question, uh, yeah, the trend is definitely favoring Republicans insofar as they have momentum. But remember, if you're 10 points down in some state uh, somewhere, you need a lot of momentum to close that gap. Now, in Connecticut, we saw two polls this week. We had the Quinnipiac poll, which now shows Lamont up 15. He was up 17 two weeks ago. And we had the Channel 8, uh, I think it was Emerson poll, uh, that had Lamont up 11. Um, and and the trend is towards the Republican ticket in Connecticut, but there's only two weeks left, and that's still a very big gap to close in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you believe the the gap? Uh, you know, Todd. When when look, people will cr- criticize the Quinnipiac poll for being partisan when they don't like it. Republicans mm-hmm. criticize them. Democrats criticize them. It's a serious poll. Okay, and have they been off in the past? Yeah, they've been off like everybody's been off. But but what you now have is a trend. You have two of their polls and Mm -hmm. they polled like nineteen hundred people. And you have the uh, poll that we saw uh, two weeks ago. I forget the outfit that did that one. And then we had the poll today, the Channel 8 poll. The numbers are, are off by three or four points, but they're still double digits in favor of Lamont. So the trend is in Lamont's favor. Whether it's nine points or 15 points, it's still a big spread. And to your point about the national uh, uh, gap closing, it is clearly closing. But in, in swing states where it was already three or four points, it's not a leap of faith to think that you could close that gap in, in the remaining two weeks that are left. Sure, and that, and that gap might, is so small it might not even be a real gap. 
Yeah, and, and that said, whatever the number is in Connecticut on election night, it's not going to be 15 points. And, and the Republicans in Connecticut will benefit somewhat by the national trend, which is partially an anti-Biden trend and an anti-Democrat radical trend uh, and an anti-inflation trend. All of these things, even in Connecticut, are worth I mean, this is a PFA plucked from the air, right? But but it's worth every bit of three or four points for the Republican ticket here in Connecticut. So if if the Republicans didn't do anything else to improve things on their own between now and Election Day in Connecticut, they're going to gain three or four points from the national momentum. Forget what's going on that's particular to Connecticut. You mean in the, in the campaign itself or yeah, in, in yeah. state dynamics? Yeah, but so, so, what is it that causes this um, this difference on election day from what the polls are predicting? Is that a natural part of the physics of elections? Late breakers, uh, people voting who are not considered likely voters, but again, that favors Democrats because they have the machine to pull these people out. Uh, soft Democrats, in other words, people. One of the things we're not seeing in these polls uh, because they're not publishing the cross tabs, although I think they're available if people wanted to ask for them. What they're not showing are the soft voters. In other words, the people who say they're voting for Stefanowski on a scale of one to 10, are they 10, meaning they'll walk over hot coals for him on Mm. election day and vote for him? Or are they a one, which means maybe they're not going to vote or maybe they're going to switch to Lamont. Same thing for Lamont. How many soft voters are there? How many leaners are there versus people that you know, have, have made their decision and that's it. Nothing can persuade them to change their decision. And how many undecideds are there? Well, all of these polls are showing that there are not a lot of undecideds. I think this Quinnipiac poll had it at about 6%. Which makes if sense that that would be yeah. small, right? Because it's so polarized. If Yes. And if all of those 6% moved into the Republican column, and if the leaners for Lamont were somehow persuaded not to vote or to vote for Stefanowski, and if the national <laughs> momentum gave us two or three points just based on the anti-Biden, anti-inflation, anti-radical Democrat stuff, which favors Republicans nationally, if that gave us another two or three, you could cobble together a path. But boy, you got to run the table in Connecticut. It would have to be a perfect storm. It would have to be a perfect storm. And it's happened. Uh, but boy... <laughs> Uh, it's not it's not looking like it's heading in that direction. The thing that seems to be hitting home that's causing this national swing is that people are understanding just how bad things are getting. It's not that we've got a lot of inflation and the economy's you know struggling. It's that it's getting bad. It's setting in and the numbers are getting worse all the time and everybody can see. So so that's really it's people's ability to catch up with the evidence that's out in front of them that seems yeah, to be kicking tangible. into gear right now. And it's tangible. I'll tell you, I, I'll tell you what I think the best ad in Connecticut is currently on TV. It's an ad being run by George Logan. George mm-hmm. is the Republican nominee in the 5th Congressional District. And if we're going to win anywhere, that's where we're going to win in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. He's actually in a competitive race now. He can't sustain a 10% loss at the top of the ticket, which I don't think will happen in that district. But he's got a great ad with his mother in the kitchen and they're cooking. Yep. But he has gra- graphics on the side showing what you know a loaf of bread costs today, uh, what percentage it's up, and eggs and everything else. And he's really bringing it home. And he's speaking to the things that people care about, whether mm-hmm. you're 
a soft Democrat or a rock ribbed Republican or a, or an unaffiliated voter. Now, the hardcore lefty Democrats, you're not that's not the audience. That's not who you're trying to get. It's a great ad. He looks very likable and warm, which he is. I know George Logan. He's a nice guy. People that know him like the guy. And 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 he's cutting through the fog in a way that others aren't. And I, I, I don't know who wrote that ad, but but kudos to whoever wrote that ad. Yeah, great because ad. it's um, it's what's on everybody's minds and what everybody's experiencing. Yeah, a- absolutely. So can he break through and could that be the one bright spot in Connecticut on November 8th? Possibly. Go George Logan. Great guy. He'll, I mean, the first thing he'll do is vote to fire Nancy Pelosi. And that's Hallelujah. for people to vote for him. Tom Scott, thank you, sir. Always fun to catch up with you. You bet. Take care. Appreciate your time. Tom Scott spent 10 years in the state Senate when he was young and uh, hasn't left the political realm but has been more in the background through the years. Great to talk with him every week at this time. Well, that's it for our time. Speaking of that devil, we'll be back tomorrow afternoon. Make sure you stay tuned all the time to WTIC. We'll get you a traffic update here as we wrap things up from the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark Christopher with the latest on the roads. What's going on, Mark? Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.